Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Tech Your Business podcast. Today is a guest episode once again, and on today's episode, we'll be talking with Robert Washington. After experiencing a close call with a tornado in um, 2015, Robert founded a mobile app, Shell to Share, which helps residents of um, Oklahoma find nearby shelters during natural disasters. And if you've ever been caught up in one of these, you realize how important this is because it's, imagine having a storm, you can no longer live in the home you're used to and it's chaos everywhere. So I believe this app has um, solved that problem. So we'll talk to Robert about how he built this app, the future of this app and other things pertaining to the tech surrounding this app. You know, we're on the Tech Your Business show. So welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you, Peter, man. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. So um, I talked about the issue you had in 2015. So can you share the story behind the creation of this app and also what inspired you to develop a mobile app for things? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so in 2015, uh, we get pretty tornadoes pretty frequently here in Oklahoma, if anybody's familiar with our area. Uh, we get maybe on average about three to four years. So in 2015, uh, right after my daughter was born, a tornado was about a mile away from our home. And I'm just like, man, this, this is a terrible feeling as a father to not know where you're going to go and what you're going to be able to do to just make sure that your family is safe. Uh, and where we currently live, they recommend that you shelter in place. And if you live in a apartment building i just personally don't think that that's the greatest idea with you know with two 300 mile per hour winds coming towards you so uh basically uh the storm dissipated fortunately for that you know it did tear up some stuff close by our house but i was just like well, man I, I can't be the only one that you know that's dealing with this issue or whatever like that so uh, i decided to do something about it and uh like i say sat on it in 2015 but about 2022 is when, when I kind of got really focused and, and got into it and I was accepted into an accelerator program. And that's how I was able to start my journey with Shelter Share. Hmm. Seven years, a lot of us have that story. You get an idea and um, just stays there, stays at the back of your mind, keeps bugging you till you decide to let it yeah. go. <laughs> so, yeah, what, yeah, so what inspired you after seven years of incubating the idea to finally get it out? Honestly, man, I, I didn't know how to even get started. Like, I, I'm I'm appreciative of all the resources and things that I have now, but in that moment, just didn't know where to go. You know, just googling stuff like, how does one get started, or, or or where, what direction do you go? And then at that time, I mean, everybody knows about apps, but I'm like, man, this is a, a mobile application. I don't even know where to start to do that. So I'm thankful for the accelerator program I got in, and it allowed me and it gave me the tools and resources to be able to to be able to go out and find people to be able to do this. So uh, creating this platform, I've been doing it for about 18 months now since I created it. So I started in January. The app got pretty much uh, put in motion in May of 2022 and it dropped in July of 2022. And it's just been a creating process since then. Wow. So we all know that there are a lot of tornadoes in Oklahoma. So when you look at the state of shelter available in the region how available is shelter in the region considering how tornado prone it is that's number one then number two what gap does shelter share aim to fill 
Absolutely. Uh, there is no public shelters here in, in the current state of Oklahoma. Uh, most people either have private shelters or there are some areas who got hit so frequently that they decided to uh, reinforce either community centers or they reinforce their school gymnasiums, things to be able to protect the students and the residents in their community. So uh, that's kind of how that came about. I would love to be able to just be able to add those people to that platform. This is something that was definitely built out of necessity because again, those services are not offered here in Oklahoma. So the future is hopefully to be able to reach out to these community centers, reach out to these churches and these little places, these individual organizations that have uh, reinforced their own building and allow them to, to be on our app. I wanna bridge the gap to be able to help the underprivileged, the disabled, the elderly, all of these people who sometimes get left out and you know forgot about when these type of accidents happen, they need to be able to be transplanted and thought of just the same way as regular people. Also uh, animals and things of that nature. So, I mean, I've learned a lot in this process. So I wanna be able to bridge the gap for those people who don't have shelter to those who do have shelter. Uh, there's no one central location or resource available to say, this is where the uh, shelters are available before the storm and as where as um, resources available after the storm. So I want to be able to close that gap to be a one-stop shop. Shelter chair is going to be everything pre-storm and post-storm. So if you get displaced from hurricanes, tornadoes, wildfires, flooding, we want to be your go-to app to be able to allow you to find the necessary resources that you need. Mm -hmm. All right. So what um, features or functions in the Shelter Share app make it user-friendly and effective in providing timely information? during these emergencies? What what does he have and what do you plan to add to it? Yeah, definitely. Currently, uh, one of the things that we really hang our hat on, uh, because I came from the hospitality industry, is a 24-hour reservation too. Most of the time, we know that these storms are coming. They're going to tell you, hey, we're going to have severe weather tomorrow. You need to be trying to find a place to go. If you don't have a shelter, you know, you need to find a place to go. So I have a 24-hour reservation tool in my app where you can go and say, hey, it's Wednesday. We're looking at weather Thursday. It's going to be severe weather. We can go in there. We can make a reservation and have a secure spot to go for our family. And it will also let you know if it allows pets. If you want to bring your cat or your dog with you like that, this allows you to be able to do that. Because a person, the, the shelters are available to say how many people they are allowing in their shelter. And they're also uh, specifying if they allow pets or not. Hmm. All right. So going back to building the app, um, we already talked about um, having a seven-year gap between the idea and the app coming out. So do you have a technical background? How did you get this done? Yeah, absolutely. I do not have a technical background. Uh, the same way that I found a way to get started, you have to start <laughs> digging and scouring the internet to try to, to figure out people. Uh, again, I can say just one of the, the accelerator programs helped me out, but then I got on Fiverr and then I just started asking people about that. And then that's kind of how I learned about uh, no code platforms. I had no mm -hmm. idea what a no code platform was. Uh, I assumed that everybody had to come in and coach you. You know, you have to find a software engineer and they had to, you know, digital ones and zeros on you. And I never knew anything about the no code platform. So that helped me discover that I do not come from a technical background or anything like that. Uh, so that that definitely helped me tremendously to be able to find a team like that that can help me out. Hmm, no code. So can you walk us through this um, no code? Because some of our 
listeners might not be familiar with no code that's number one then number two what could you build with this no code how difficult was it um, and did it serve the purpose yeah absolutely uh no code is just kind of, of an inexpensive low-cost way to be able to to build a platform it takes about six or seven apps different uh platforms to build a no code app so i used figma and bravo studio is what i use uh, I didn't personally use it. Again, I hired somebody to use it, but it just shortens the process of being able to do it without somebody having to literally code it out. And, and not only that, that costs, it's very expensive to be able to have somebody do that. So the no code platforms is kind of really kind of like plug and play, almost kind of like a Wix type uh, uh, website type thing. It's kind of drop and play. It is some code in there, and but it has the ability to be full blown. Uh, there is some other apps that you can add to it to open up your back end to make your back end more uh, storage and things of that nature like that. So it, it is serving its purpose right now. It is doing what it needs to do. It definitely needs some upgrades. This is 1.0 version of the app. I like to express that to people. Uh, this is 1.0 version. It definitely needs some upgrades. But again, the no code team that I have in place is, is, is still there. They're able to do those upgrades. And you're, you're able to build and keep adding to it to make it work for what it is. So, I mean, I have enough, you know, background to be able to, to store all the data that I need and all the information I need right now. But uh, it's levels to it like any other thing. Like, you're going to be at one level at no code, and eventually you're going to have to go to the next level of no code just to make sure that, that you can operate in the way that you need for your users. True. All right. So, you mentioned um, your development team being remote. What challenges have you had working with a remote development team on this app? Uh, honestly, I could say two things, time and sometimes language barrier. Hmm. That, that would be kind of it because we all own different time frames. You know, we're six or seven hours apart right now. Uh, wow. It'd be time frame and, and, and sometime like that. Uh, other than that, they, they've been great to work with. I really don't have any issues with them. If, if I email them and you know, talk to them. They're very open. I was customer number one for this group that that uh, started building my app. So like I said, I was customer number one. They showed me loyalty. I showed them loyalty. Uh, they helped me out, you know, later on if I need like some minor updates or things like that, you know, things that, that just need to be worked on. They kind of helped me out there. Uh, they're, they're, they're a great company to work for. So I, I mean, I ain't going to say I suggest it, but I do. If you if you do, need a low-cost way and an inexpensive way to be able to launch an app or a platform to do that, I really do suggest kind of like outsourcing some because it, it, it can help you out. Hmm. Interesting, because at the end of the day, a lot of people have um, horror stories to tell about outsourcing. A lot of people have horror stories to tell about um, working remotely and all that. So it's actually really refreshing that you have this um, experience, especially since it's your first time working with them and everything. Yeah, definitely. No, they, they, they've been great. I'm, I'm glad I haven't had anything like that, especially like when it comes to money, you having to send money over there. You don't know who you're sending money <laughs> to or who this person is or whatever like that. And But no, they, they, they've been great. And I, I, I hope I don't ever have to run into any of those horror stories. And honestly, I continue to plan to work with the same team that I've been working with. I don't really plan on switching up no time soon. Hmm. All right. So um, in choosing this team you worked with, I'm sure you saw other options, other teams and everything. What was your criteria in picking them? Because I believe 
being able to pick them and work with them and not have an issue wasn't luck. You, you probably had um, things you were looking out for. So for our listeners that might want to do the same thing, what should they look out for in picking a partner, especially offshore, um, remote, remotes? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I, I say check them out as much as you can. You know, get on LinkedIn and check them out. Try to have as much conversation with them as you can. Like they, they were very responsive in our emails. We would schedule calls. It, it wasn't, they weren't late to calls. We'd get on the call, we was able to talk. We literally hashed everything out. Uh, I say, have your expectations up front, what you expect from them, ask them what they expect from you, ask how you can meet, you know, communicate as much as possible beforehand before you actually lock the deal up because you should be able to tell what type of person they are. If they're, if they're being late to call, if they're not being responsive to emails, if they're just kind of, you know, pushing you to the side, then, you know, that should probably tell you that you should probably not really do business with them. But if they're responsive and they're getting back to you in a proper manner, you, you're asking for itemized billing or whatever the case may be, and they're giving you that information, I think that's a good thing. So just don't just go into a deal and say, I talked to one person, <laughs> this is it. Talk to talk to several people. There, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you haven't signed a contract and you're not locked in. So talk to several people. Uh, if they have references, ask them for their portfolio so you can see some of the previous work that they've done. And if you can, even try to look at their portfolio and reach out to those people as well and see if, you know, email them. Like I say, LinkedIn is a great, great resource. You know, people don't want to give out their personal information like their emails or, you know, their phone number. Well, I say use LinkedIn to allow you to connect professionally and just, just do your due diligence like anything else. Just make sure who you're, you're going into business with, uh, you know, works for you. And hopefully it works for you long term as well. You want to be able to work with somebody because you don't want to have several people going in and out, you know, helping you trying to recreate this because, it just starts breaking down at that point in time. You just want to hopefully get you one solid team and be able to work with that group of people. Hmm. All right. So earlier you mentioned collaborating with local organizations and nonprofits. So how does Shelter Share partner with these entities to enhance its impacts on the community? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I personally go out to homeowners associations and pitch. That's how I try to get uh, private shelter owners hmm. to be able to to put, our, put themselves on our app, like, hey, you know, I'm in your neighborhood, you can help out your neighbor, you can just be a good Samaritan. And if you like, you can also make some money. You can put your private shelter on here and rent it out and save, you know, help help a few people. Uh, with the nonprofits and organizations, we try to uh, get with the Oklahoma Neighborhood Alliance and a couple other groups like that, just to be able to get the word out to everybody. I mean, Oklahoma is a, is a pretty big, Oklahoma City is a pretty big city. So it, it definitely takes a community to get the word out, to be able to let know the people that this resource is available. This is something that people are asking for. They want to know where at least the churches and the community centers are, because some people are new to this area or some people are driving through to this area and they have no idea what to do. So if you're driving into a storm when you come over here, you're like, uh, hello, where are we going to go? You know, I'm <laughs> staying in this nice fancy hotel downtown, but that's, it's, all, it's all glass. So. We work with these organizations to try to uh, tell people to be storm prepared, to clean out their shelters, to make sure that you're storm ready when the season comes, to make sure that you have your know, weather radio, and just try to re-educate the community on all the different things that are going on. When you hear the sirens, don't wait for the last minute for the sirens. Like, be prepared. You know, use the Shelter Share app to make sure that you have a secure place for you, your family, and, and your pets to be able to go somewhere before the storm happens. Don't wait till the last minute. 
Right. So what advice do you have for entrepreneurs looking to build partnerships with these sort of organizations you've built with that align with their mission in case they have they want to do something similar and they need to partner with the sort of organizations? Uh, I say find somebody that, that aligns in whatever it is that you're trying to solve. Like me personally, I'm trying to solve the storm. So I try to talk to as many, like I say, the neighborhood alliance is one because they literally just going into every neighborhood. This is something to let them know that, that, that this service is available for the residents of Oklahoma to be able to use this process. Uh, hopefully in the future, we'll start throwing more seminars, like I say, to be able to go back into those underprivileged communities, to be able to give, give them the resources they need because those people over there either living in mobile homes, older homes, you know, homes that they can't afford to put uh, storm shelters in their homes and things like that, where maybe the middle class and something like that may have it. So I really want to help those people and give them the opportunity to know that this resource is available. So being able to use those organizations and getting the word out is something definitely needed. So find an organization that aligns with what it is that you're trying to go with, reach out to them and, and, and do it. Most of them are pretty open to, to willing to help you because they need just as much help as you do. You know, they need to help, you know, marketing and getting the word out about the services they provide or they provide. So it's very easy for you to just be able to reach out with them. I've been blessed and fortunate enough that, again, I always mention these programs that they've connected me with people that I don't believe that I'd ever be able to get in the room with. So they've put me in the room with these people. And then you as an individual, whoever you are, you have to go in there and just see the moment. Just because they put you in the room with that person doesn't mean that it's going to be given to you. You as an individual have to go in there, believe in your product, believe in what it is that you're offering, and go in there and close the deal. Hmm. All right. So one other thing that's um, a big issue during times of natural disasters like this is safety because like i mentioned earlier this is a time when everything is chaotic and mm -hmm. everyone is confused so what does shelter share do to ensure the safety of users both in terms of the quality of the shelters they stay in and also the credibility of those who share the shelters with them absolutely uh again i like to go back and just say this is 1.0 version but there are some upgrades that are. So we will be implementing background checks where you have to take a, a picture of your ID, whether you're a mm. shelter share or a shelter seeker, you'll have to be able to put your ID on. That way you know who is coming to your shelter. We don't want just any random person coming to your shelter. Uh, there's other features that we're going to uh, eventually add. Uh, we want everybody to feel all-inclusive. So we don't want uh, one group of people being partnered with another group of people. So mm -hmm. we're going to make it where where everybody is all inclusive. If you, if you don't want a certain type of individual or group of people here, we want to do that. So uh, we're just trying to make it secure and safe for everybody because I do come across those issues. We don't want people, you know, again, like I, I, I hate to say it, but everybody's all inclusive. You just don't want to cross the wrong group of people, putting them in a shelter in a closed environment with somebody that they may disagree with. So <laughs> we're working on that part. Uh, we also know things like uh, pets. Everybody is not wanting their dog or their cat. You may be allergic to dogs or cats. So those are features and things that we're adding to the app because the users have asked for it so we can be more diverse and put people in the right situations because we don't want to put people in the shelters and cause a whole nother problem down in that shelter while there's a storm going on outside. <laughs> True. So um, do users of the Shelter Share app get an emergency toolkit after the storm? 
Uh, we do have some uh, resources. I have emergency toolkits. I mostly use them for signups. Like if you, if I'm at an event and you know, hey, I like what you're doing. I'd be like, if you download the app and sign up right now, I'll give you a toolkit. Uh, our toolkits come with uh, water in them, like packaged water, protein bar. It comes with a blanket. It comes with an emergency whistle. Uh, it comes with uh, toilet wipes. It has a flashlight in it. So it gives you the little things that you need to where if you were trapped down there at least for a few hours that you would be able to sustain yourself, you know, like that. Uh, we are going to eventually have our bigger kit that we will have on our, our on our website for sale. They are specifically geared to uh, tornadoes. Like I said, it, it has band-aids and stuff, but it ain't going to be like a rope or things like that. It's going to be something that's going to help you in that storm or if you were strapped to help you to be able to sustain at least a couple of hours until rescue were able to find you. Hmm. Interesting. So ShelterShare has um, the potential to benefit communities beyond Oklahoma, in fact, um, globally. So what are your plans for scaling and expanding its reach to other regions worldwide prone to these um, natural disasters? Absolutely. Uh, we definitely plan to expand. Right now, I'm already currently, or I have got emails from the Maui fires, from the California Whoa. fires. I'm getting emails right now from Florida about the hurricanes. Uh, it, it's about marketing and, and hopefully maybe uh, partnering with maybe a government contract to make FEMA or something like that to be able to expand. Because right now, we're just building a game plan to be able to go city by city to be able to do this. Uh, again, it, it will take a, a community. I'm a solo entrepreneur. I do this all by myself for 18 months. So uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, definitely some marketing to get some help because those people are asking for it too. And they are, we have uh, hurricanes coming on Florida right now. And I know those oh. people are finna be displaced. They are definitely looking for a place to go. So our goal is really just to get out there, redefine our app and make sure we have a good tool for people to use, a good safe and secure tool for people to use. And then just game plan it. Just go community, community, and just, you know, region, get outside Oklahoma, Arkansas, you know, Kansas, and just go state by state to be able to help these. We definitely want to expand because, yes, like you say, wildfires, wildfires flooding, hurricanes, uh, overseas tsunamis, anything like that, people are getting displaced, and they are looking for places to go. And there's anything that I personally haven't found that's one central location that allows you to get all these resources because again we want to be pre-storm and post-storm when the storm is over you want to know where to be able to go get food you want to be able to go where to get clothes you know a charging station to charge your phone and things like that so we definitely want to expand and and, and definitely go globally hmm. so what's the biggest challenge you've had in the area of expanding uh marketing and funding uh, it can, it's going to come to a point in an entrepreneur's journey. It happens to all of us. You're going to build so far. You're going to get to a point to where you may be generating a little bit of revenue. You may not have a whole lot of revenue, but that's not what VCs and angel investors want to hear to you. So I, I made it my own term. I don't know if it's term. I call it stop gap. Like you're at the point to where I need a little bit of money to redefine my product, to really push it out on the, on the public. To make sure that you have a great, great product to put out there, or at least a better product than just a 1.0 version because you have heard what your users wanted. So we're just trying to redefine our product and push it forward and definitely marketing. So the biggest challenge is marketing and funding. Uh, I know it's a lot of money available out there, but I know VCs are not really giving money right now, especially if you don't have revenue. 
So, I mean, you have to look to other sources to be able to get funding, whether it's grant or crowdfunding or just whatever you can do. So we try to put on seminars or I try to sell the storm kits. These are the ways that you have to try to bootstrap and, and get these funding so you can continue to upgrade your process. Hmm. All right. So you, you just mentioned funding and you earlier mentioned getting in an accelerator, which is one um, part which a lot of entrepreneurs haven't succeeded at. So what are your tips on getting in one for entrepreneurs who are just getting started, who are before you? Yeah, at the stage before you. What tips do you have? I really just say, I just say apply for as many as possible. Just depending on where you live, there are great national programs. And then most of the time in your area, if there's a, a, a college or something in your area, they generally have some of these types of programs. They're just not very well known all the time. Mm. So if you, you stay by a specific college and they have a, a school of business, I would reach out to that school of business. But other than that, I really just get on there and Google and just Google accelerator programs near me. Like there's tons of them. Some of them offer money uh, for no uh, non-dilutive. Some of them offer money for some equity. But they're all pretty, pretty good resources, especially if you are not in the startup phase. If you you just have an idea and you're really trying to figure out where it is that you're trying to go, I really suggest getting one of them because they're going to help you re redefine your idea. They're going to give you uh, lo-fi experiments. And these are experiments that anybody can use to help you test to see if what it is that you're trying to offer is even viable to the market. Mm -hmm. So uh, go get in one, go through one to see see if it works for you and see if it helps you redefine your product and then after that uh they all offer kind of like different services so to speak so i've been in three of them and they've all helped me in, in certain in different ways uh from being in a, one gave me money one helped me type of how to pitch one taught me how to uh, do my business plan uh -huh. and the market analysis and executive summary like these are all things that you may not know beforehand as an entrepreneur that somebody is going to ask you about. So I suggest looking into it. And then there's just a lot of consulting people out there. If you can find you a good consulting person or podcast like this, take your business, man. These are great resources. You, you talk to a lot of people and they give you free game. You just have to get on there and listen. Yeah. Really true. That's a really good answer. So um, Shelter Share is not just a business, but it's a tool for social impact, which not a lot of um, entrepreneurs are looking at. So how can other tech entrepreneurs incorporate this social responsibility into their startups to make the world a better place? Yeah, I think it just has to be in you. I don't. I can't say that that's, that's for everybody. You have to have a passion for this and, and want to be able to do this. Shelter Share was just my my platform to be able to help people. Any way that I could help people, that's what I want to do. So if this gives me the platform to say that I'm helping you find shelter, helping you secure your family, th that's what I want to do. It, I, again, I say it's either in you or you just really want to solve a problem. And if you still really want to solve a problem, I still say it's in you. It's just you as the person. So if you're into social impact and wanting to help people, Get out there and go help people. I, I encourage my kids. I encourage everybody around me to go be great. Like, go be great. If that's something that's in you, go do it. Because I get more joy out of knowing that this is going to be something that's going to help people. It's not a monetary thing for me because I was personally in this situation. I felt defensive as a father with a child. So I don't want anybody else to feel that way. So I do this purely out of love, out of heart to want to help other individuals because I know I'm not the only one. So if that's you, it's just in you. 
go after it. And again, there are, there are other programs for that too. Climate change and social impact things. Go get around other people that are involved in climate or social impact things and go hang around those group of people because it ain't going to help. It's just going to help you grow and just help you bloom as a person. Hmm. Nice. So talking about helping people, do you have any heartwarming or impactful stories from users of your app that um, show how significant it is in times of crisis? Yeah, yeah. When I did my beta testing, so before the app was even created, I did my beta testing and um, I basically had to what we call the Wizard of Oz. And that's the just if you heard the story of the Wizard of Oz, the big Wizard of Oz was this great big powerful that everybody thought to him but when Dorothy got there it was just a man behind the curtain you know doing all <laughs> these things so, so I did the same thing I basically had to go find shelters with people and put them in a database and then found people who were emailing me that that needed shelter and then I started connecting those people doing my data testing so mm -hmm. people were saying that they were they, they're very thankful that this type of service is out there because again we get a lot of transient people and we got a lot of transplants that's come to Oklahoma and First time they hear those sirens, they go crazy because they have no idea where to go. So I have a lot of people. People are very thankful that this tool is out there. And I can't personally say that I've 100% saved a life yet, but I have gotten emails of people saying that they're glad that this service is available and that they that they're that they know that there's something out there. If they need it, that they can use it. Hmm. All right. So what's a metrics or measures of success do you use to gauge how effective shelter share is? Uh, right now, because we are so new, I, I'm using my metrics of downloads and users because downloads is one thing, the users are another. I get a lot of people that just say, hey, yeah, I'm going to go download your app, you know, and, and I'm grateful for that. Believe me, I am. That helps your numbers, that lets you know, but at the same time, it's still users as well. Like How many people are actively signing up? How many people are actually on there seeking shelter? How many people have made a reservation to try to go and seek shelter during these times? So right now, I use those metrics because I just have a... a a small pool of information to be able to go off right now. Uh, my numbers have, so in the 18 months when I first started, when I first downloaded, I had about 50 downloads. And most of that was family and friends and people that I was in the accelerator programs. We were like, hey, I just got my app, man. Go download this thing. And they're like, yeah, I got you. That's great. And then it got to me going out to the homeowners association. It got out to me just walking up to people in public and saying, hey, you know this. I get on social media when uh, storms are coming and I'll post on all the uh, the news channel groups and say hey this is a great tool this is a great resource so just any way that i can get myself out there and and put myself in front of people is, is basically how i try to get people on hmm, nice so what's exciting updates or future developments can users and um, supporters of shelter share look forward to in the near future yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're going to add uh, Google Maps so it can integrate so you can just find where you need to go and just hit, uh, you know, hit directions and it'll navigate that to you. So you can do that. We'll integrate that. Like I said, we're integrating the background checks and things like that. Uh, so people are secure and making sure that they know where they're going. Uh, we'll eventually add pre-weather alert services because even talking to people in your customer discovery, you figure out some people don't even have TVs in their homes. So put pre-weather alerts that way. It'll chime on your phone and say, hey, you do have severe weather coming towards you. This is something that you need to be looking for. So again, one-stop shop in the shelter care app. Pre-storm resources, post-storm resources, pre-weather alerts, let you know where the storm is coming on you. And just being able to, you know, 
to be able to make sure you have a one location to be able to find all your resources. And unfortunately, if you were to get hit, we still want you to be able to use our app in an offline mode. So we'll add offline mode. So if the uh, Wi-Fi or sales does go down, you still have access to the platform. Hmm. All right. So you've been building this app for a couple of months, over a year now. And um, if you look back and you're able to start afresh back in um back when you started, what would you do differently to get to where you are faster? <laughs> oh man. Uh that's tough. I say, man, I would just have to be more more confident faster, more be assured of who I was, like to make sure that I was providing a, a, a service that people would use. So I would just be more confident in me and be and be more outgoing and say, I can do this because it starts with you. If you don't believe in yourself or don't believe that you can do it, you're never going to get up off the couch and get out the bed and go do it. So I would just say be more confident in myself. And then uh, I say ask more questions and use the resources that were given to me in that first year or so after going through a lot of these accelerators and stuff, I, I didn't reach out to people and I didn't, I didn't talk to, uh, necessarily talk to all the people in the, in the, uh, the accelerators, you know, people who are trying to help me. Hmm. And I would say, I would go back in further and use those people faster. So beginning of this year, like January, that was one of my uh, goals is all these resources I have, I'm going to use them because why haven't I, you know, done this? I, I have people that I can call and say, hey, I need help with this. Or can you guide me in the direction or point me to this? So use those resources. So be more confident and, and use my resources more is what is what I do. Hmm, interesting. I think a lot of us, especially those who feel we can do everything, we <laughs> we get stuck with that a lot of the yeah. time. Because you, you see yeah. situations where you can easily ask for help and just because there's, there's a... An illustration someone gave that if you go into a big departmental store, you can either start looking around for whatever you're looking for, or you can ask someone who works there to point out where the thing is, mm -hmm. and you save so much time. Exactly. <laughs> and you get, yeah, exactly. get, get to where you wanted to go to faster. So is there anything I... Okay, before I go there, what's your favorite piece of technology for managing your business shelter share? and managing yourself, your routine, your schedule and everything. <laughs> I was going to go right there with my schedule. I would say my Google <laughs> calendar, uh, <laughs> man, because it, it's going to get to a point in time to where you're going to be trying to, like, I would just like try to remember stuff in my head. Oh, I got to meet such and such <laughs> at 8.30. Oh, I got something with 2.30. And then I started either, you know, missing out or people were like, hey, I'm on the Zoom call waiting for you. And I'm like, oh my God, I forgot. So using the technology. The whole platform, the workspace that Google offers, you know, just besides just the Gmail, you know, the docs and the calendar and all of it. Like, I didn't know a lot of that stuff. So I use a lot of that stuff now. So that that has been a big tool of mine to help me stay on track uh, and, and help me stay focused for sure. So I, I suggest using, using that technology to help you. And then I just feel like I was kind of behind on some of the technology sometimes. Mm. It is so much stuff that helps you do stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of... Uh, of AI right now. Like I was kind of like, eh, what's that? But now, yeah, that's probably <laughs> one of the greatest things ever. Like, you know what I mean? It helps you with with social media posts and things like that. Stuff that sometimes you can't put words together. You know, know what you want to say, but you don't have the words to say it or or how to put, put it together. And being able to use those tools like that are, are, are definitely helpful for anybody. 
Yeah, I think most of us end up using AI to fight um, writer's blog because that empty <laughs> page is really intimidating. <laughs> definitely, yeah. It's definitely a tool. Yeah, use it. <laughs> it's really intimidating. All right, so is there anything that I've, probably something I've not asked a question on, but you feel our audience would be better off knowing maybe about launching their own products, about social impact, about anything we've, we've talked about today. Is there anything you'd like to share with the audience? Man, I just say go for it. I, I try not to bring like the uh, underrepresented and underprivileged community, but that type of stuff does exist. I just want to say to all of those people, man, don't, don't let that type of stuff hold you back. Don't think that you can't go out there and go be great. Don't think that you can't go out there and make a change in, in, in the world around you. It only takes one individual. It takes you to go out there and start making a difference. And that's when I spoke of confidence earlier. I didn't think that anything that I would do would start making a difference. But man, once you start to get the rolling and then you start getting, uh, get you, get you a good group of people, a good circle of friends or, you know, that are like-minded trying to solve problems or entrepreneurs like you go get involved with those people because they'll help you out and if you have just a bad day you can kind of throw something at them and they'll be like oh yeah i might have went through that and they'll throw something back at you so man just find you a good group of people to go work with stay positive man and uh, again just go be great don't don't let not going to college or don't let those things like that not want you to go out and go be great. I use that word a lot because, man, I honestly do wake up. I try to be a, a great husband, a, a great father, you know, just a great friend to the people that I associate with. So, I mean, I, I want people to do that. And like I say, when it really comes down to it, like people of black, black and brown color or whatever like that, don't really think that they can actually get out there and do these things. But you can, like you, you, you have the ability to make an impact. And uh, I just really want people to go be great. Everything else with Shelf Share, I do, I do it out of love. So, you know, when I get to that point to where I, I really can help a lot of people, I, I want to be a resource. So I'll always be a resource to people and help people and be able to do like that. So I know that, I mean, Shelf Share is just something that I use, but now that it's gotten me to the point to where I've gotten my confidence, I just want everybody to know that that you can go out there and, and make a difference. So go, go out there and go try, like get off the couch and go try. Yeah, confidence really, really matters. And I learned that really early. <laughs> yes, sir, it does. Because <laughs> I remember back then when I used to be in school, there are times when probably we have presentations and I just probably, what I'm saying doesn't make so much sense, but I'm saying it really confidently and nobody's really listening. And they, oh yeah, that sounds really good. But just call the confidence and nothing because to me, I knew I wasn't saying anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I I agree. I 100% agree. Even my first pitch, like if you could see my my first pitch day and when I worked to pitch the first time up until when I just pitched like two months ago, totally different person. Man. That confidence <laughs> is because even though you know your product, you still may not have the confidence to just yes. be able to get up there and, and tell what your product is. So that comes over time. And once you do two, three, four of them and then, you know, do a couple of public speaking engagements, it's like, put me on, like, put me in the game, coach. Like, you want me to talk to you? Let's, let's go talk. Like, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. So we had a really great conversation. So if um, the listeners want to hear more from you, they want to download your app or probably partner with you or learn from you, how can they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can go to shelter-share.com. 
That is my website. You can download the app there for iOS and Android on there. Uh, my social media is on there as well. Or you can contact me at robert at shelter-care.com. Uh, reach out to me, email if you want to collaborate, if you want to invest, if you just want to have a conversation. Like I'm all for it. Like I'm I'm an open book. Let let's let's have a conversation. And I and I really appreciate you reaching out to me to let you know that you listen to this as well. <laughs> thank you very much. So thank you very much for coming on and for the listeners. Thank you for being with us on this episode of the Tech Your Business podcast. I hope you've gotten a lot of tips on getting started on confidence. Confidence is really important at the end of the day. Um. <laughs> really important Definitely. so so till next week when we come back with a brand new episode of the tech your business podcast don't forget to stay confident and keep taking your business so bye for now thank you all right